Social Strategy Podcast, episode number 26. Welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast, where it's all about making the most of your business with smart tips on what's working now in social media, online business, and good old-fashioned networking. And now your host, who's also known as Ross PR on Twitter, Vernon Ross. This is the Social Strategy Podcast, bringing you the best in online business social media, and good old-fashioned networking. And today's guest is really exciting. She's got over 40 books published on Amazon Kindle. That's pretty amazing. I know that there's a lot of interest in getting your work published and getting stuff out there and actually publishing on a platform and getting it done. Well, this next guest has been getting it done, and she's been getting it done since 2006. She discovered that she could make money selling an ebook, and then she started writing her own. But she's ever, never actually written one word in any of her ebooks, not physically written it. It's a pretty interesting story. She's got an amazing business model. She's done a lot of stuff over these past few years. She lives the lifestyle that she wants, and she makes hundreds of thousands of dollars a year doing it. I can't wait for you to listen to this conversation and check it out. So let's go ahead and get into the show, and I will see you on the back end. Hey everybody, this is Vernon Ross, and welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast, bringing you the best in online business, social media, and good old-fashioned networking. And today, I'm looking at my Twitter stream. You guys know I'm on Twitter a lot, and I, I noticed that someone that I followed a while back followed me back. I'm like, whoa, Rachel Rofe, she finally followed me. So let me tell you guys a little bit about Rachel. She is interesting, really fascinating character. She's done so much in the internet marketing world. She she has over 30 products. And, you know, I struggle putting together one. She has over 30. She's got over 40 books published on Kindle, which one of the, which is one of the reasons I wanted to have her on the show. She's been in internet marketing and online world since 2006. So she's an old pro at this. She's been on Fox, she's been in Entrepreneur Magazine, she's been in Women's World. She is rocking it, and I just wanted to have her on the podcast to hopefully drop some knowledge on us and tell us a little bit about how to succeed in this online world, specifically in Kindle and eBooks, because it is blowing up right now, and I've not had anybody on to talk about eBooks. Rachel, how are you doing? I am awesome. Thank you. No, no worries. So you got started in like 2006. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> tell, me, tell me a little bit about that. So um, before I was doing the online stuff, I was a retail manager. I was actually working at a Walmart and Target, and I was just kind of working my way up there. And um, right in like June 2006, I had gone over to Target, and I was working there like 70, 80 hours a week, and I was going to school full time. And because I was just like getting promoted so rapidly, I kind of thought that I was going to have to be in retail forever because every time I'd get promoted, I'd make more money. And so when I was 23, I was making making like $55,000 a year. And at 23, I mean, for anyone, that's a pretty great income. But at 23, I was just like, you know, there's no way that I could possibly leave this. And (laughs) so I was just there. And um, but the thing was, like, the other managers and I, we just we were working so much and we would just sit in our offices and talk about how much we hated our lives. (laughs) It was just crazy. So here I was kind of like thinking I couldn't leave because I was making so much money. And at the same point, like just working constantly. So I ended up actually, I always had like I was a power seller on eBay for a little bit and I would dabble with 
internet stuff. Mm-hmm. But I came across one of these ebooks, like make a million dollars in your underwear while you're sleeping, yada yada. And um, and I got it and I implemented it. And amazingly, I started making like five hundred to eight hundred dollars a day from my very first day with it. And um, I just realized that it was possible to supplement what I was making offline, online. And so um, I just decided to go for it. And I quit back then. And it's, I've been full-time since. Wow. Wow. Okay. So <laughs> let me ask you this. You, you were making five to $800 a day with eBooks? It was basically the thing that I bought was one of these things that's like, promote this ebook and you get 50% commission or 75, whatever it was. And so I just started then promoting that ebook, not knowing any better. And so I was just, it's not necessarily something I'm proud of now. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 it's good. I mean, you know, it is what it is, but it just, um, so I was just promoting it over and over and, um, and it was just doing really, really well. I was just posting on Craigslist a lot and that was before they had all the, um, captures in place now. And I wouldn't ever do that now, but at the time it was just, uh, it was really nice to see that it was possible to, to not have to be in retail for the rest of my life. Right. That is interesting. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So now, when you, you talk about Kindle and we talk about p- publishing on Kindle, how did you first get into actually publishing your own ebook? Was it was it off of the success of you know what you'd experience with the book that you were promoting? Um, well, actually, that was back in 2006 when I did the book. I started Kindle around 2010, mm-hmm. and I did my first ebook, like information product, probably 2006 and 2007. So um, I can. Which one would you like to hear about the uh, the product or the book the the Kindle book? Let's go with let's go with the product first. Okay, cool. So um, that time I had been I had been doing the affiliate stuff, promoting that ebook, and what happened was I ended up getting on an internet marketers list, and I so I signed up for their list, and all of a sudden, even though I'm making such good money with the Craigslist stuff, I start seeing all these different emails about you know you can make money with AdSense or Excite Pro or all these different things, and my focus just started getting like split all over the place, which is crazy considering how much I was making with the the affiliate stuff. But I ended up keeping thinking I could do better with other stuff, and so my income started plummeting, and um, just trying all these different things. But throughout that time, I discovered the Warrior Forum, and so that's the internet marketing forum and at the time they had and they still do have this section called warrior special offers Uh and i saw that people were putting together different offers and stuff and so i thought that i would try something and so at the time i had been doing a bunch of research and so i put together an information product which is basically like different cool uh, sites that i found that really help with competition intelligence and just different things and it was pretty long and i at the time i think i priced it at 97 dollars, and i sold 13 my first day which was awesome and got great feedback so i just kept promoting it and actually you know what there was a product i did before that too on uh, baby shower favors <laughs> okay <laughs> randomly tra- trying things. <laughs> and that was pretty cool too. That was just going through. And, um, I had done some keyword research to see what kind of things people were interested in, found the baby shower favors and, um, and basically just did a bunch of research to find some really cool ideas for baby shower favors and made like a $7 ebook or something. Oh, that is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> baby shower favors and that's crazy. I would have never thought something like that. So do you write ebooks based on just keyword research? So um, the ebooks, it's 
It's, it's like a, a couple different things. So it's part keyword research. It's also just, it's mostly looking and seeing what's doing well already, like in the bestseller categories and, um, and then seeing, so like I might go into a category and see what the top books in that category are. So when you go onto Amazon, it, you can like drill down the categories and I'll tell you the top 100 bestsellers for each category. So the first page will show you 20 different books, and I'll just look and see if I see patterns within specific books. So, for example, maybe I'll look into baby showers or something. Well, not about baby showers is probably a little too much, um, too specific. Maybe I'm looking into like gluten free, for example. And so, at the top 20 books, maybe there's five books that are about gluten free desserts. So then I know gluten free desserts are something that a lot of people are raising their hands and saying they want to buy. So then um, that would be something that I'd be interested in writing a book about oh that's interesting now did that just confuse ebooks and your product that you could create it because it's really i guess it's really not the same thing really um i mean i sorry if i didn't answer right yeah i guess when i think ebooks i think like pdfs and things that i sell on websites and then mm-hmm. kindle books i think stuff that's on amazon but i can uh, okay. clarify yeah no i was uh the the story that you were telling about the warrior form that was really more of a digital product although mm-hmm. it was a pdf it's it's an ebook but it's really a digital product that's not listed on amazon right 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 cuz i think a lot of people get that confused when when you start talking about ebooks and digital products and people don't know well if i have a digital product do i need a a full website do i need you know order fulfillment all this you know the stuff that makes it complicated or do I just need information that I've compiled together of things that I either find useful or something that I knew, you know, that I know how to do or something that I do really, really well. And I want to teach other people how to do it. And I want to put it in a, you know, of a 10 page PDF document and sell that. Do I need to upload it to Amazon or can I sell it somewhere else? Yeah, you're right. There's definitely a lot to think about <laughs> um, for the digital products. I, I I mean, for the digital products, I think, uh, like not Kindle eBooks. I mean, I guess you could really go any route that you wanted. I think it all depends on what your outcome is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some people do it for, uh, just to make as much money as possible. Some people do it to get traffic for, for different things that they're doing. Um, and we could totally go over different outcomes if you want or whatever you think would be best for your, your listeners. Well, let me ask you this, you know, when people think about, making money online, doing ebooks, doing electronic stuff like this. I guess the 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 overarching feeling and the, the thing that I hear the most is how am I really gonna make any money with a ninety nine dollar or not a ninety nine dollar. Ninety nine dollars you make money, but a ninety nine cent ebook that I upload on Amazon. How am I gonna make any money with that? And you know, how do you really make money with ninety nine cent ebooks? Well, there's a couple different ways. So for the 99 cent books, um, you don't necessarily go into it thinking you're going to make a ton of money. You go into it um, usually just for, well, for a couple of reasons. Number one, it helps you get a ton of traffic. So um, you can get traffic towards a website that you have that has a higher priced kind of thing. So uh, it's like the Kindle books are an awesome way to build up your authority. And then the people that go through and sign up for your list through the Kindle book, because you can offer like free uh, 
gifts and different bribes to get people to sign up for your main page, um, they're looking at you as an authority. And so they're much more conditioned to buy. Um, also because they've already taken the action to come over to your site. So that's part of it. Um, part of it is if you have a bunch of 99 cent books, like in a series, then these people, it's like almost like having a membership where people will just go through. And if they like one of your books, they'll just gobble them all up. I mean, I've seen all these different quotes from people that, and studies like, uh, Jeff Bezos says that the average Kindle buyer, um, reads four times as much than people who just read the regular books and people just buy and buy and buy. And they don't even, um, like read everything. It's just crazy, but they'll just gobble everything they can. So they also make money that way. Also, um, you don't have to do 99 cent books. So the 99 cent books, I think you get like 35 cents per book. If you do anything from two 99 to nine 99, you get a 70% commission. So, um, it really just depends kind of what you're going for. And then also there's other things like with Kindle, you can easily become a best-selling author, which is good for your credentials, um, which can indirectly help you make more money. So I think there's just a lot of factors to think about. Right. How did you first, um, when did you first hit your first, um, bestselling title? Which, which, which book was it? You know, I had a couple, a couple best. It was interesting. Like my first bestselling book was on meditation. And then a week later I had another bestselling book, which was a compilation, a book that I was asked to be an author for. It was a, um, I forget what the, I think the book was called Turning Points, and it was basically everyone was asked to contribute a chapter about a turning point in their life, like kind of an overcoming adversity type book. So, and then now, pretty much all my books are best-selling. I mean, that, it's really easy to become a best-selling author, so I know like a lot of people will... Um, say it's like, you know, charge thousands and thousands of dollars to do this. But really, people can consider themselves a bestselling author if they're number one in a category on Amazon, which is extremely not difficult. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Because, I mean, if you look inside the different categories, some of the categories only have like a couple hundred books per category. So, and Amazon updates its rankings every um, hour. So if you get like in some categories, like five people to buy a book within the a time frame of an hour, then you automatically get to number one, just because you're not really competing against much. And everyone was buying in that specific hour. I mean, some categories are a little tougher, but for the most part, I think the best selling thing is kind of, uh, I mean, it still is good for authority because people still believe in it, but it's a little bit overrated. <laughs> That's the first time I've heard that. Yeah, most people make money off of selling it, so they don't tell you. Right, right. That's interesting. So I think it's interesting that you you said that it it's a little overrated to be a bestseller or to get in a bestseller status. But you know, I know so many people that are currently writing books. Uh, a few are being traditionally published. A couple are self publishing, and I know a few authors and a lot of authors follow me on Twitter that have already published books and they're not necessarily business books or they're not in in the meditation niche or anything like that. They're, you know, fiction books or, you know, even a couple cookbooks. Do you, or have you written any of those types of books? And is it the same promotion model for doing that as it is for like a meditation book? Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. Um, I have books in all kinds of different categories. Like if you did a search for my name, you wouldn't find me because they're mostly pen names. But I have um, cookbooks, children's books, um, health books, a lot of uh, self-help, spirituality books. So yeah, it's it's very much the same. It's just like like one of the awesome things that Amazon offers you are these things called free days. And so basically, um, every quarter, if you give your 
book just to Amazon. You don't publish anywhere else. Um, then for and you only have to do it for a quarter at a time. Amazon will give you five days where you can offer your book for free. So yes, you're not making money, but it's awesome because you can get, if you play it right, like hundreds to thousands of downloads, which again, brings you traffic to your main website. And it also is really great because once people download your book, um, you'll, you'll start to be seen on the bottom of Amazon where it says customers who, who viewed this also viewed or customers who bought this also bought. So it's a really cool way to just start getting your, um, your book more visible. So that's really helpful. And, um, then you can basically, once you have your free days, I like to go on other sites and there's like sites where you can advertise when you have a free book available. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's really cool. You can do that for all different types of niches. Um, you can go and like reach out to people and let them know that you have a book that's about to be available. So people that have Facebook pages in your niche and stuff. And a lot of times it's great content for them to post on Facebook because they're offering their readers something valuable. So, um, you can do it that way. Um, sometimes just offer, go to like other blogs and offer to do guest blog posts and then mention your free book at the end or even your regular book. For the most part, it's, it's pretty similar. That is interesting. So you said if you play your cards right, you can get hundreds to thousands of downloads. How do you play your cards right? What is, what does that look like? Walk us through a, a, uh, an ebook promotion kind of thing. So that's partly like, um, you know, just submitting to the sites I was saying, or offering the guest blog posts or reaching out to Facebook authors. There's uh, sites like um, BookBub or uh, Authors Marketing something that's escaping me right now because I have all this process outsourced at this point. Okay. <laughs> but uh, you can go and you can submit to them. And um, you can go on sites like Just Retweet and have them um, like talk about a book and then have it retweeted a bunch of different times. And there's Facebook groups where they basically they just exist to tell about free books that are offered. And a lot of people love to go through and download them. There are um, people who have like Kindle subscriptions where basically they just go and they tell people every day like what the free books available for that day are. So you can reach out to them and let them know. So it's more just letting people know in advance that you're going to have a free book. You can post about it on your Facebook, on your Twitter, and people just grab it because it's a limited time free thing mm -hmm. so so basically how many how many books does it take to get into you know bestseller status or how many book i guess book downloads does it take do you know offhand or uh, well bestseller status is basically just based off of how many books um like how many books are sold per category and it's so it's depending on whatever category you're in so it can be anywhere from like I don't know, four purchases an hour to more. If you're talking like top, like 1000 or something in Amazon, that that's usually, um, probably about, well, top like a hundred is a thousand or more purchases. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and then the top like hundred is, a, well, probably, yeah, I would say top a thousand actually would be probably about a thousand more purchases. Top a hundred would be like a couple thousand. Oh, nice. Oh, that's, that's, yeah. that's interesting. I, I've never really heard, you know, the whole different, the the details of what it takes to get a book up on Kindle. And I've got a couple ebooks out there, but nothing, you know, activity wise to ever really speak of. And I'm sure people are really curious about, you know, okay, I, I've got this book that I want to do, a Kindle book, and, you know, I want to upload it to Amazon. I want to try to make a little money off of it, but use it as basically a big business card 
to, um, you know, present to clients or just to say that I've got the book published. If they're, you know, a, a speaker, that kind of stuff helps when you're, you know, trying to book speaking gigs or whatever you're doing. It, it's always nice to have a published book and something that you can point to that's a work of yours. And, of course, bestseller status, even though uh, it may be a little overrated, <laughs> it's still nice to have. Yeah, totally. Uh, that, that is very interesting. So with 40, over 40 books published under different pen names, how do you have, how do you find time to write so much content or how big are your eBooks? I mean, take, take me through that. Cause that's a, that's a huge number of, that's a lot of content. Yeah. I actually forgot to mention, I haven't written any of my books. What? <laughs> yeah. They're all outsourced and I can go over some ways that I get, um, the book content for sure. But yeah, I don't, I, I outsource everything. I'm all about making things easy. Okay. Yeah. So now we gotta, we gotta talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's let's dig into that. How do you how do you write a book and not write a book? I I think I know, but I want I want you to tell the audience about it cuz I this is this is interesting and it's something I hadn't talked about yet on the uh, on the podcast, but this is I think this is going to blow people's minds when they understand what this is. Yeah, of course. So, okay, so there's a bunch of different ways I get books written. And um, I definitely want to emphasize that every book that I put out is high quality. I don't put out just stuff just to make money or anything. But um, so some of the ways that I get books created, there's obviously the traditional hire a ghostwriter to write the book for you. And then um, basically when you hire a ghostwriter, they will give you like the content becomes yours and you can put your name on it. And that's how most like New York Times bestselling authors um, get books or in. A lot of them get their stuff ghoster in. I was actually just talking with a friend about this. We both used to read uh, Sweet Valley High when we were little, and one of the ghostwriters for that book came out in an interview. We were so disappointed. <laughs> but, oh, <man. laughs> I mean, that's, most people do do the ghostwriting. Um, so that's one way to get books written. Um, other ways are you can do like compilations of content. So, um, one cool thing is doing contests in different niches that you have. So basically you come up with a specific kind of niche that you want to have a book about. So maybe it's like, um, redecoration. So maybe you come up with the topic of like redecorating a bedroom. That's a specific size. Um, how would you do it with just this and like under a $500 budget or something? And you reach out to your audience or somebody else's audience. If they want, if you want to do like a co-author kind of thing and just have a contest where people go through and, um, they offer content to the book and you pick the top like 10 to 20 different entries and the way that I do it is basically you pick the top 10 to 20 entries, you put it in a book, and it's basically the person who's voted to have the best content wins a prize. And so it works really cool like this because you're getting a bunch of really good content. You pick the best stuff to put in the book, so you have like really premium content for the book. And then everybody that's in the top, um, that have the top entries for the book, they're getting all their friends and family to go buy the book and vote for them so they could win the prize. So basically you're getting like an army of people to promote your book for you as well. So that's pretty cool. Wow. Wow. That was brilliant. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So, um, that's one. Another thing is some people like you, you have very specific content and so you can't really hire somebody for it. So what I like to do for that is basically just make an outline for the book. And if you want, we can go over how I make my outlines in like 15 minutes. Um, but you make an outline for the book and then basically you just download something like audacity. It's free for Macs and PCs and you just, like go over and just speak out whatever you want to say in the book. So you don't have to worry about, um, 
like saying too much or anything like that. This is just basically word vomiting everything that you would want to get out. And then you just get it transcribed and cleaned up, or you can get it transcribed and then clean it up yourself. And then you can make a book within just a couple hours. It's so fast. So that's another way. And I have zillions of ways we can go over more. <laughs> but I just want to do the highest leverage stuff for your audience. So you tell me what you right. like. So uh, let, let's review what you just said. So you can you, you do an outline. How do you do an outline? So the way that I love to do outlines is basically um, whenever I have a book, like we already talked about, I'll go and I'll make a book on whatever is already popular on Amazon, not going to reinvent the wheel. And so Amazon is really cool because they'll actually tell you how well books are selling. If you scroll down, there's something called the Amazon bestseller rank. And so the number one book is obviously the number one bestselling book. And I like to look at um, books that are like in the top 50,000 because they're still doing pretty well. And so what I'll do is I'll go and I'll find the best um, books that are in whatever niche that I'm doing, and I'll just sort them by which is selling the best. And then I'll just go and I'll open and the look inside part of Amazon. You can see all the different titles and stuff for, uh, sorry, all the, you can see all the titles, but then the look inside, you can see the table of contents, what I meant. And so I'll just go through and I'll look for patterns and what everyone's table of contents have, because obviously these are important things to have inside the book. So I'll put that. And then I'll also put any ideas that I have for the book, like anything that I think would be added. And then I also just go through the reviews for the books and I just see what people liked, what they didn't like, what they wanted more of. And so basically this this way, there's no reinventing the wheel. And it's just like, you're already modeling off of what's already successful because I want to make this as easy as possible and like destined for success as much as possible. So I'm just modeling off of what's already selling well, what people are saying that they actually want. So that's really helpful too, obviously for sales and making people happy. And the whole thing takes like 15 minutes or less. It's super, super quick. And then, like I said, also adding my own ideas. After you do the outline and, um, Let's say you download Audacity, and I'll have a link to all the stuff, guys, in the show notes, so don't worry about trying to remember all of it. But you download Audacity or some other re recording program for PC or Mac. Audacity works on both, so it's great. I actually edit podcasts with Audacity from time to time. So you record whatever it is about that subject. That's the easy, easy part. The transcription part, that can get expensive because, I mean, they, they charge sometimes, you know, what, per word or per... Um, minutes of text spoken. How do people get something transcribed and how much does it cost? Well, it depends. Um, you can get transcription from all kinds of different price points. I personally like to hire someone who transcribes and cleans up. And the person that I use, her name is Tara. Her email is tara at transcription-team.com. And if you tell her I sent you, she actually goes in. I don't get a, like a cut from this or anything, but she gives people like a special deal because I've known her for years. So she does a fabulous job. You could also go on Fiverr or something if you want. It's like $5 for 15 minutes worth of transcription and then just clean it up yourself so it does it it's really whatever you want to spend and then if you have more time than money let's say you have two hours you spend um what is that 20 bucks 40 bucks on transcription and then you clean it up yourself boom you have a book for 40 bucks in a couple hours <laughs> yeah that's it's not that expensive no mm -mm. you know because i was looking at transcription services and i'm like i don't know i don't know if i want to because it's gonna be man this is gonna be expensive but i guess it's really not depending on I guess you can, you can blow through topics fairly quickly. Yeah, absolutely. I don't usually spend two hours, like when I'm even doing like products and stuff. Um, cause I, like I said, I didn't write the books, but when I'm doing products and I do uh, voice recording, it doesn't take me that long at all. Mm -hmm. 
how do you um how do you determine how long something needs to be so like i said i'm all about quality so i don't look at um page length as much. I just look at what's the outline, what do people actually want, and how can I say whatever um, needs to be said to make this valuable in as as succinct a way as possible, because I know that people don't have a ton of um, extra time, and I don't want to give them fluff and stuff. So it's really just whatever needs to be said to give them everything they want. That might be like 20 pages, that might be 200 pages, and I have books that are all over. Now, for the books that are shorter, I do say in the description how long the book is because I don't want people to be, like, I I just, like, you know, in those 20 books, we're going to go over yada, yada, yada. I'm very um, transparent about what's going to be in the book, and usually the reviews say, like, thank you for not wasting time, you know, getting to exactly what we want. So that's really what I focus on. Right. So let's let's step um, back a little bit, I guess, or go a little bit deeper as far as um, not not the creation of books or products or anything else like that. But I want to talk a little bit about mindset and kind of how you got to the point you're at. I mean, we know the story about, you know, how you started, but how did you actually you had a little bit of success early on? I mean, you had a lot of success early on. And that's not very common. Most people don't have that kind of success in internet marketing. How did you develop the mindset to continue to move forward? Because I'm going to tell you, most people, if they were selling five to $800 a day of anything, they may quit their jobs. But when it got hard, they probably would go right back because it takes a lot to stick with this kind of stuff. Tell us a little bit about mindset and how you keep yourself focused on what you need to do and how you just how you were able to go from yeah this is i'm making this much money but now i'm gonna go and do this and i know that this is gonna work and i go go a little bit into that yeah sure so two things for that first of all when i was working in retail and i had to ask for days off like it was just like that's the thing that will make me never ever ever have a job again is just like this whole thing about having to ask somebody if I can have a day off there was no way in hell that I would ever do that again it's just like I, I just I hate the idea of somebody having control of my future like that somebody telling me how to live my life it's just ugh, I'm not a very authority kind of person I don't like it <laughs> I mean you wouldn't like it I mean, yeah, yeah, I just don't like people telling me what to do. So I think um, knowing that there's no way that I would go back to a job is helpful. But I think as far as focus, um, the thing that really helps me is just knowing what I want to create. So um, let's say, and so basically working backwards. So let's say I want to um, have something like a year out. So I'll make my goals for whatever the year is, and then I'll just work backwards from it. So let's say I want to be making... I don't know, let's just say $100,000 a year um, by next year in a certain like income stream. So I'll just work backwards from that. Like if I want to make $100,000, what's it going to take to be um, having that? So maybe it's getting a membership site with 500 members paying, let's say, $20 a month, which is going to be more than 100K, but we'll just say that. So then I'll work backwards from that. Like what, um, what type of membership site? What do I need to do to promote the membership site? And then I'll just work backwards and backwards until I make my daily to-do lists. And so basically, once I have my goals and I've reverse engineered how I'm going to be getting that to happen, it's just a matter of executing the plan. I know that my strategies are going to work because I've 
I mean, at this point, I'll have done research to see what it takes. And, and I'll just keep going off of that plan. Of course, if things don't work the way that I've expected, then I'll, you know, course correct. Usually they do if I've taken the time. I think, And I think one of the big things is just taking the time up front to research and plan out and not just fly from the seat of my pants. That really, really helps. And, um, and just taking consistent action every day and, and not being tied to having like immediate gratification. I think that's why a lot of people stop. And the other thing is, um, is just the focused action. I've, I've said so many times, but a lot of people like say you need to take action in order to be successful. But I think that's not, I mean, that's only partly true. Like a lot of people go and they take action, but they don't take focused action. And if they don't see immediate gratification towards things, they're off to the next thing. And often it's just, you need to wait a little bit longer. Yeah, that is awesome advice. Focused action. It's um, it is one thing to tell people, oh yeah, take action, but no, you got to take some, <laughs> you have to take focused action, meaningful action, and not just busy work. And I, I think a lot of people get busy work, or just working towards something, without you know really knowing why they're doing it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that is that is awesome advice. So, did you do you ever run into a problem where I mean you hit a snag, you weren't quite making the income that you want to make? Yeah, yeah, of course. How'd you deal with that? What what happened? Um, well, I guess it depends. I mean, I've had it happen multiple times. But like, <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I've been doing so many different business models. Yeah, like for sure. Um, I guess it depends what it is. So if it's something like it's a brand new. Um, thing that I'm trying and mm-hmm. might just fail fast. If it's something where like I'm promoting something to my list and it's not converting and I think that it like something that they would really like, then I'll look at how did I market? Like, is there something that I said wrong? Is there um, something like maybe I'll ask them like, what's, what's stopping you from getting this? And I'll ask them questions and I'll be able to overcome their objections that way. Um, so I really think it just depends on whatever the, the, situation is right well, let me give you a little bit more to go on so i noticed that you don't offer as many products as you used to you actually scaled back your product offering on your website how did that happen why did you why did you scale it back some um i think it was because well i know it was because i just I didn't want to like have um, too much and be too broad. I, I feel like because I've done so many different business models, people didn't like know necessarily like what I like. I, I don't think when people hear my name, they necessarily think, "Oh, she does this thing or she does this thing," or maybe they do, but it's like from one of the random things. It's not like I have a centrally focused kind of name, mm-hmm. and so um, I think part of it was just wanting to condense a little bit. Part of it was. Like I, I had so many $7 and $17 products and stuff and they're still like around, but I think that it kind of cheapened my brand a little bit. And so I wanted to, to just fix that. And I kind of just like the idea of having a few signature products. I just think it's maybe a little bit classier. Right. Just right. time to level up. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's awesome. I, um, I was wondering cause it, you know, you get tempted to do the seven and seventeen dollar products because they they do sell really well. And I mean, you have to have some of that stuff, but then you you do get to a point, and I'm not to that point yet. But I mean, you do get to a point where you don't want to continue to sell that stuff. You want to sell higher priced, you know, richer content products because usually, I guess this you know the seven to seventeen dollar products don't go into enough depth. I mean, they go into enough depth to teach you whatever it is that they're, you know, developed to to show you, but not take you to that, you know, the next thing that you need to do. 
And you know, and with with that, do you get a lot of uh, requests for people to show them, you know, how to successfully launch a product? Because I mean, you've done it multiple times, and you've you know you've got multiple books out. Uh, you've got to be in demand for showing people, you know, how do you you know step A through step Z as far as product creation is concerned. Yeah, yeah, I get a bunch of uh, coaching requests and stuff. I mean, I do um, like power hours and stuff, but I don't really take coaching clients on too much anymore because I just, I travel constantly. I'm always, and and I really try to prioritize just living a life full of pleasure and having fun and stuff versus being at the computer too much. So I don't do it for that reason. Also, uh, taking on coaching clients is like, can be really hard on me because I just feel so, like once I take someone on, I get the kind of motherly (laughs) wanting so bad to get them to success and stuff. And so it's just, it's like taking on children and it's just, (laughs) (laughs) so I have to kind of monitor my energy a little bit too. And yeah. Right. So, So what, what does your business model look like right now? What do you, what is, what is Rachel Rolf, com? RachelRafay.com is just a bunch of kind of, it's really pretty random. Um, It should probably be a little bit more streamlined, but a lot of it is just like different things that I find within my businesses that like maybe some helpful tips. Sometimes it's just personal stuff. Like I did a 10 day juice cleanse and I posted about that. Uh, Could be whatever's going on in my life. As far as my business model, I have all kinds of different income streams. So I have um, like the Kindle books that are coming in and bringing money. I have regular product sales from my internet marketing stuff. I have product sales from across my niches. I have passive income coming in from membership sites that I've promoted. Um, Sometimes just go into speaking and stuff. And what I'm kind of getting into now is I just bought the domain followthepleasure.com. And so I'm going to be doing actually podcast too, which is going to be basically, yeah, I'm so excited about it. And I think that my theme is going to be basically just creating a life that's full of elegance, efficiency, and ease. Because I think that's kind of what I'm best at is just breaking down things and making them as simple as possible and making sure to have just a fun life too. So, um, I think my future products will just be all about like when we were talking and I was doing breaking down the book and stuff, just like things like that, just teaching people how to take things that might seem hard and break it down into bite-sized chunks and then also how to live a fun life and like in a way where you can do your business stuff and have space for the fun life. Oh, that is excellent. That is a, that's an awesome idea. So you you do a lot of traveling. I saw that in uh, one of your bios that you like to travel a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've traveled. It's like I moved to New York City in May, and I've only been here, I mean, I don't think even more than like 30 days total. I've been to so many different countries this past year, and just, <laughs> it's been such a blast. That is crazy. So how much, how much, do you, how much time do you have to spend on your actual business at this point? Um, it honestly depends on whatever I'm in the mood for. <laughs> so um, there will be times when, like, I took like basically a quarter off and just didn't really work that much. Um, so there's been times like that, and then there's times where I'm just in the mood to work, and so I'll work like a ton, like 70, 80 hours or something a week. It really just depends on whatever I'm feeling like doing and um, how motivated I feel like working because at this point I've, I've outsourced to a lot of people. I have my passive income exceeds my bills. So I don't need to, um, I don't need to do a lot of work if I don't want to. So it really just depends. I'll just ride the, the wave. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. So I know a lot of people are going to be like, Whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> she sounds like a kid. <laughs> she can't be that old. And I'm, I'm not going to ask. And I think you're in your mid twenties, probably a little bit past that. 
Maybe. I'm 31. Oh, wow. I thought you were like 26, maybe. Thanks. I'll take it. Tops. <laughs> okay, so you're young. You're still young. 31 years old. You pretty much just travel the world, do whatever you want. You're, you know, the, I guess the epitome of the, the four-hour work week lifestyle. You've actually achieved that lifestyle that so many people want to have. How do you, and, you know, I guess this is one of those questions where it's like, you sh I struggle with it a little bit because people, I know people want, they're, they're like, wait, how does she do all of that stuff, make all of this money and be able to just do this stuff? And it, it seems so easy and it sounds so easy. I mean, you've been in the game for a long time. 2006 is long internet marketing stability. I mean, that just is most people get in and get out. But from a, uh, from an, I guess, an in income perspective, how do you plan out? getting consistent income because even passive income sources can be a little um they can be a little flighty depending on i guess how you're promoting it and i guess my question is more so how do you promote the stuff that you do even the passive stuff is there still an active promotion method so that you can guarantee incomes coming in and continue to outsource that stuff or how does that work yeah yeah definitely so um well, I mean, some of it is stuff that I'll promote once and then like, I'll just promote stuff that like I do my research ahead of time to make sure that they're things that have high stick rates. So for example, like I just promoted, well, not just a couple months ago, I promoted a Kindle program that Ryan Lee and uh, this guy, Emran Saeed created. And I know that Ryan Lee is amazing at continuity. I know that they were going to provide value for a really long time. And I really trusted that my people would get a lot of value from it. So all those factors, like it was great. And so, um, that's been really good. And so I've been making like thousands of dollars a month from that. And I've only ever promoted it the one time. Um, there's other things where basically I'll have my assistants go through and do work every day. So actually interesting timing. One of my goals this month was to create three, three new um, income streams. I do 30 days of promotion that would lead to a thousand dollars a month in passive income. And so I did three different, um, business models because I don't like to have all my eggs in any one basket. So one of the business models was promoting a membership site. One of them was creating five new books in a um, niche for Kindle. So basically, like I was saying before, people would buy one book if it's quality, which it's going to be, they go and buy the other ones. And then the other one was promoting a physical product that I put on Amazon. Oh, I forgot to tell you, I also have physical products on Amazon that I do. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so we just try the different things and, and let it ride. Wow. wow. So what, what physical product do you have on Amazon? I have a, a couple different ones. Um, the one that I've been telling my list about is an easel. I also have some stuff in the dog niche. <laughs> what about the t-shirt niche? Because I know that's popular right now. People are doing a lot of stuff with Teespring and stuff like that. Yeah, I do a couple of t-shirts. I do some t-shirts. My boyfriend is, um, he's the creator of Ads Cracked, I'm sure you know. And so... Mm -hmm. He does really well with the T-shirt. So I have some up there now. That's good. I think it really just depends on um, what your outcome is. I do the T-shirt stuff just for fun. It's fun to be creative. We went and got massages the other day. And like the entire time on the massage table, I was just thinking about new T-shirt ideas. <laughs> so um, <laughs> that's just the, for the creative part of me. But And um, I have a, a Facebook group. I had promoted uh, Ads Craft. And so we have a Facebook group, and we're going over T-shirt ideas and stuff. And um, I think that that can be really good for just for people who need fast income. I don't think it's, and I'm very upfront with people, I don't think it's necessarily a long-term business model, but you can make such fast income with it that you can then take that money and invest it into longer-term business models. Right. And, um, that's that's Don's product, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. 
<laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> Don and Dr. Ben. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they're both awesome. So that I guess that actually leads me into another question. Um, from an ad perspective, actually advertising what you're promoting, uh, number one, I'm sure you have a, a massive email list. How big is your email list? It's actually not that big. I think it's like, I mean, it's it's big. It's like sixteen or 17,000 buyers. And that's the thing that I like about the seven $17 products is you get so many buyers that I don't really have anybody on my list that got there through a free method. Mm -hmm. And so um, obviously having buyers on your list is pretty awesome because they, you know, their past actions will show that they'll buy other stuff. Right. Like, so you actually have a buyer's list, not just a mailing list. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, um, who was that? There was someone I was listening to that was actually talking about developing a, a buyer's list, or I think he called it a super list because it was, uh, it's more powerful to have people that have already taken action, um, with their wallets basically than the free model of, you know, I signed up for a free ebook. I got it. I probably didn't read it. And now you're mailing me a different offer for something that, you know, you want me to pay for, but I've already got this for free. So there's really no commitment to buy it from you. Yeah. I think that if you get buyers on your list and you offer them awesome value with whatever they bought, then they're going to know, like, and trust you so much faster. Cause like you said, if they get something free, they're probably not going to even read it. Right. Right. So, so. guys take note of that. <laughs> that is definitely something to, to think about as far as, you know, the, the free sign up stuff that you give. I mean, you have to have some type of, um, you know, I guess bait to collect email addresses that way. But it is, I guess, a lot better when you launch a product and you actually have people that have spent money with you. Absolutely. Now, do you do you do a lot of Facebook ads? Um, I wouldn't say a lot. It just depends. Like for my niches, not so much. Sometimes for internet marketing, if I'm promoting something, I don't really mail my list too much. Um, and I don't promote that much. But when I do, sometimes, yeah, I'll just upload my list into Facebook and do the custom audience and I can just get ads just to my list. Um, or, uh, for t-shirts, obviously I do the Facebook ads too. Mm -hmm. So let me, let's, let's do this. I, um, I mean, we've been, we've gone over a lot of stuff, a lot of material and I mean, you've added so much value as I think for, you know, just people that want to get a grasp on the whole Kindle book. And, and if, if I sound confused, it's because I am, I mean, you know, I've looked at this whole ebook thing and I know I get a lot of questions about, you know, man, I want to start a business. I want to do this. I want to do that. And I, you know, I hear ebooks as a way to go, you know, to get income and I just don't see it. And I think you've done a good job of explaining exactly how you monetize doing an ebook. What are you going to do as far as your podcast is concerned? Are you going to have a digital product around that? Um, I'm not sure yet. I think right now, um, like a lot of the business stuff kind of comes kind of like, I just, it's fun to do. And, um, I think with the podcast, I'm just feeling it's, it's closer and closer to just what I really want to give to the world the best. I think that's kind of like my, like the elegance, efficiency and ease are kind of things that come pretty easy to me. And so right now I'm going into it with just the mindset of, I just want to offer like a lot of value to people, really help them. And, um, and just kind of, uh, mother Teresa talks about how she did so much to help in the East, but, um, with the poverty in the East, but what she really wanted to uh, she didn't think she could really help with was the spiritual poverty of the West. And so, um, that's kind of what I'm just 
psych to help with is the spiritual poverty of the West. And that's kind of the mindset I'm going into with the podcast. It's just like helping people have lives that they, they like more. So I don't know, maybe we'll monetize it down the line, but for now it's really just making people happier is the goal. No, that's good to hear. You know, so many people, especially internet marketers, when they get into uh, doing a podcast, it's, it's usually about, okay, how can I drive up numbers so I can, uh, try to, you know, sell something on the podcast. Yeah. So you, you never wonder how people are approaching it. And it's, it's good to hear someone in your space is not really just looking at it as a, another stream of income, but an actual give back to, you know, their audience and to people in general. So that's, that is awesome. Thank you. I wanted to, uh, I was wondering when you go through the, just the, um, the whole creation process, and I know we kind of covered this a little bit about, I wanted to revisit it because I think you, you make it sound really simple with a digital product. Um, and one of the things that you actually didn't talk about that I thought you were going to say was that you buy, um, PLR content or public, was it public licensing rights content and then repurpose it, I guess, rewrite it, stuff like that. Do you ever do that? Um, you can't do it for Amazon there. It's against their terms of service. And usually, no, I don't do that anyway, just because um, a lot of the stuff, I mean, there is for sure some exceptions, but a lot of stuff isn't high quality. And I'm really focused on giving super high quality. Well, that, that's good enough. I wonder about that because a lot of people, you know, they oh, just get some PLR and rewrite it. Yeah, not me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got, you kind of said that you, you do the, uh, the ghost writing or you can... Um, Outside, I guess, paying a ghostwriter, you can you, you go through and you figure out what you want. You speak it and get it transcribed, and there you go. You got a product. Totally. Now, that is awesome. Yeah, I just wanted to go back over that for a sec because I was I'm like, I wonder if she, how she feels about PLR because we didn't really, didn't really talk about that. <laughs> Interesting. So what are, your, what are your travel plans? Do you think you're going to become a travel blogger as well? I used to I used to write about my travels, but they happen so often now. I don't know. I just it's like part of a life. But I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe in the future. But travel plans are. Let's see. I have a moving actually from New York City on June twentieth, and so just a few days from here. And um, I'm going to Wichita for a month or two. Don just bought a house there, and he wants to um, help me have, have me help decorate it. And I don't know what we're going to do after I'm pulling for, cause we don't know where we're going to live next. So I'm pulling for Barcelona. <laughs> we'll see. I have an event actually in New York city on August 30th. So two events, one on August 30th for um, part of the ease life thing, which I'm super excited about. It's not really a marketing thing, but um, I can tell you about it if you want. And then the other thing, I have another event in your marketing September 10th with Ryan Lee and Don. And I don't know, we're talking about Australia too, maybe, and Fiji, and we just, it's funny, we don't really plan in advance. Like, I was, um, a couple months ago, I was sitting in my kitchen, and I was making tomato soup, and I was talking to Don, and all of a sudden he said, you want to go to Paris tonight? And we're in New York, and I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> so I just froze the tomato soup, and we left, and that's kind of how we go. Oh, that's oh, that's <laughs> And amazing and awesome all at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the event that you have coming up? So it is going to be, it's basically for people who are stressed out and it's going to be eventually free for the first one. It's going to be just like a hundred dollars for proof of concept, but eventually it's, it's going to be free and paid for by sponsors. But what it's going to be is people can come and if they have kids, it's going to, um, there's going to be daycare provided. And I think it'll probably mostly be for women. Men can come, but it, it's kind of feeling like it's going to be mostly women where there's going to be awesome, um, hairstylists, 
and um, free, so free haircuts and manicures, pedicures, acupuncturists, massages, all kinds of different things, um, movement, yoga. Um, it's going to be for kind of people who are stressed out. And like I was saying, want to help the spiritual poverty of the West. Uh, there's going to be talks about stress management so that they can come and kind of have like a reboot. And then between events, we're going to have just a Facebook group in different community where um, I want people to start having support networks for wherever they live. I think a lot of people um, like don't have chances to like make it a priority to make friendships. And I think just sisterhood and brotherhood too is just so important in, um, in living a life that's full of ease. I think like this whole thing with nuclear families and stuff, it's such a new concept and so many people are just like stressed where they don't need to be. So I really want to have structures for people, um, that have lots of support so they can just have an easier life. Wow, this sounds like an amazing event. Or uh, is this going to be like a, a multi-day thing, or is it just a one-night thing? The first one's just going to be one day. It's going to be eight hours in New York City, and we're just going to test and see what works and what doesn't work. And then um, in the future, like the plan is to just rent out stadiums because I can see this helping so many people. That is amazing. Yeah, you got to tell us more about that. We got to keep up with you. Uh, to find out more about that. Is there a website that people can check out uh, the event and find out more about it? I actually haven't started um, advertising yet. I'm not sure if I'm going to put on the easelife.com or follow the pleasure.com. I got both of them. Um, definitely Facebook. They can find it. I'll be talking about it there. It's facebook.com slash Rachel or twitter.com slash Rachel Okay, cool. Well, you preempted me. I was going to say, Hey, well, where can people find you online? but you just told us so no need to go over that well rachel i really do appreciate you coming on the podcast and i think you've provided a massive amount of value and people are going to get a lot out of this it's going to be one of those interviews i think and one of those conversations where it's like man there's so much information there you're just going to have to go through the show notes and write it down and if if they want can people email you to contact you to find out more information or should they just go out to rachelrofe.com um, either, either social media is pretty good. I'm much faster on social media than I am with email. So either Twitter or Facebook, um, my, the email is Rachel reports at gmail.com. Okay, cool. Well, thanks Rachel. I do appreciate you coming on the show. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you. Okay. So what did I tell you? I knew you guys were going to enjoy that episode. I did. It was a great time talking to Rachel Rofe. She is awesome. I never really looked at Kindle publishing quite the way that she does it. I've heard that people do that, but I mean, publishing a book by studying a niche and then providing quality information about that niche and all the other things that she's doing, she is a perfect example of having multiple streams of income that you can depend on and the freedom that it gives you. You know, to be able to just take off, go to Paris on a whim she just made some tomato soup if you guys once you guys since you're just getting through the interview made some tomato soup decided to go to Paris one night and spent a weekend in Paris. I think we all want to be able to do that kind of stuff and Rachel is such an inspiration for what is possible if you actually just set some goals and work backwards from those goals. We learned a lot. We talked about, you know, why bestseller status is not all that big a deal in Amazon and how easy it is to get there. I mean, if you sell a certain amount of books in an hour in a category and there's not that many people in that category, guess what? You're going to get Amazon bestseller status. So think about how you may be able to use that to your advantage. I dare not say necessarily manipulate it, but look at how you may be able to use it to your advantage 
get your supporters, get your readers, get your followers to go and buy your you know ninety nine cent book on Amazon if that's what you're selling it for in a particular category and jump to number one in that category and then take advantage of that while you're there. I think Rachel shared some really interesting things about her workflow and how to actually you know do a book outline and and what she looks for in that. And I think she you know made some really good points about taking focused action that is so vitally important when you're talking about taking action. And you'll hear all over the place take massive action, take massive massive action, but nobody really talks about take massive focused action towards your goals, towards the things that you want to achieve, and you will actually be able to achieve them. Break those things down into bite-sized chunks, little bitty things that you get done every day so that you're always moving forward towards your goals and forward towards progress. I think that's something that Rachel really articulated well, and I really did enjoy listening to her. And you know, talking to her about her business and how she's built it and some of the things that you guys can do. Remember, check out the show notes. I've got all the links in there. I've got a link about her um, book outline and how to do it. Uh, Just Retweet, we talked about that. I'm not really that big of a fan of Just Retweet. I prefer Triber, to be honest. Um, Better just quality in Triber. Sometimes Just Retweet can get a little spammy. Um, We also talked about the transcription services from transcriptionteam.com. Remember to ask for Terra so you can get a discount on that. I don't get anything from that, and neither does Rachel, but it looks like a really good transcription service to use. And since she recommended it, I'm going to recommend it. Make sure you also follow Rachel on online you can get in touch with her on twitter at rachel rofe at rachel r-a-c-h-e-l-r-o-f-e and say hello and tell her thank you for the interview there is a click to tweet link right in the show notes so if you don't want to type out the stuff just click that link and it already has a nice little quote from her and i'm sure she would appreciate you guys spreading the knowledge that she dropped on the podcast today so guys i do appreciate you tuning in and listening to the podcast continue to leave those reviews and itunes and stitchers loving it and it is getting us in front of massive audiences still in the top 100 seven months later can you believe it seven months later after launching the podcast we're at episode number 26 fastly approaching 30 which you know most shows don't make it past number seven so thanks a lot for the support and i couldn't be doing it if you guys weren't listening and there are a lot of you folks listening and i say guys loosely i don't mean just men i just mean people in general hopefully you guys don't take that the wrong way as someone pointed out to me this earlier this week I did take that feedback and appreciate it. So I'm going to decide to try to say guys a little bit less. Let me know what you think about that. So tweet me at Ross PR on Twitter. Find me at VernonRoss.com. And remember, I'm going to be speaking at Podcasters Movement. That is exciting stuff. It's in Dallas, Texas. So if you guys are in the Dallas area, make sure to look for me down there. Just tweet me. Let me know where you are. Stop by the hotel. We can have an impromptu meetup, and I may be planning a meetup down there at Podcasters Movement. Just got to see what else is going on. Maybe I'll invite you guys to a couple of the meetups. Would love to meet up with people and, you know, just meet people in person. Meet fans of the show and see if there's more than two of you guys out there. (laughs) I'm just kidding. All right, guys. I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. Remember, check out the show notes for all the links in today's episode, and I will see you in the next episode. 